Welcome back to another Total Buddy podcast. I'm Liz, and today I am lucky enough to get the chance to talk to Allison Thompson and Kate Reavy from Itty Bitty Wedding Committee podcast. A must listen for any engaged individual out there looking for some pretty sound advice and firsthand knowledge into crafting your absolute perfect wedding. Both ladies are extremely knowledgeable in all things wedding, Kate being a wedding planner for over 10 years at Chicago Vintage Weddings, and Allie, once a very successful senior catering manager, is now turned part-time wedding planner. So a little background for you listeners, I am getting married in six short months, it will be here before you know it, and I wanted to chat about the latest trends in wedding. 2023 is approaching very quickly. I need to know the tea. The good, the bad, the ugly, the over the top, you name it. So during this episode, you'll hear what the girls have been up to since they wrapped on their podcast. 2023 trends that Randy and I may or may not be including in our big day and some overall do's and don'ts for your wedding. You can find their podcast, social media links, etc. in the description for the episode. Now, without further ado, I bring you the Bitty Betty crossover you didn't even know you needed. So we're welcoming each other to um, our little wedding chat that's going to happen today. So I want to thank you both so much for joining in, joining me on this bonus episode. And I gave the listeners a very brief intro about what you do. But if you could please start with your journey into the wedding industry, I guess we can start with Allie since it's alphabetical order. <laughs> yeah. So um, I have been in the wedding and events world for just shy of a decade. I started in the world of kind of like catering and venue and then transitioned into hotels. And so the bulk of my event and wedding experiences within the hotel space. And then um, when I was at my very first hotel job as an event manager, um, I started a wedding blog. And that's how I met Kate being like all like bright eyed and bushy tailed with my fresh new wedding blog. And I was trying to like, find content. So I would go to like different like wedding events and stuff. And I remember stopping at Kate's like little booth setup. I said it was like the beginning of 2015. Yeah, I think like a year after that, you were looking for um, wedding planning assistance. And I think at that point in my career, I really wanted to kind of ramp up my exposure within the wedding space. And I it kind of the timing was like super awesome. And like, honestly, I was like, I don't even know how you remembered who I was, but it was so cool. And you like reached out to me and was like, be an assistant. And I was like, yes, I would love to. And I think how many years has it been now? It's been six or seven years at this point. Yeah. So between working with Kate and then doing my full-time job at event planning, um, that was kind of like my life and my world. And then I decided to do a industry switch in 2020. So now I work for a tech company, um, which is cool and it's different. And I like, it was a, it was a switch that needed to happen. Um, but I still wanted to stay involved in weddings. And so like, I still continue to work with Kate. And then I also started taking on my own wedding clients as an independent planner, which has been really interesting. So it's been, it's been a really fun, you know, journey, just like working with Kate and just like, seeing my own growth within the wedding industry. And it's been really fun. There's never a dull moment. There's always something interesting happening. And Kate, I'm sure you could attest to this as well. Some of the crazy things that you had to deal with um, just within your wedding planning world, but it's been fun. I like the way you said really interesting. Well, I'm, I'm so proud of you, first of all, that you took on your own clients and now you're, you're doing that, not full time, but what is the, if you can give me like, maybe some background about your tech job because I'm interested in that as well. Long story short, like I kind of felt like working within the space of hotels was a little bit limiting for someone that is very innovative and likes to kind of approach things in different ways. And I kind of hit, felt like I hit a glass ceiling and I was like, I could be doing something that's a little bit more fulfilling. That's a little bit more interesting. That's a little bit more, you know, in a space that has a lot more flexibility. And I've always had an interest in tech interest in tech and technology. Um, and then so I was like, that makes sense. And um, my role is a customer success 
role. And so that's a client facing role, which is something that I really wanted to keep um, from working in hospitality is being able to work with people and strategize and consult and support and all that fun stuff. So I still get to do those things that I loved about being in the hospitality world. I just kind of get to do it in a, a more flexible space, I guess. Right. Yeah. So you you got the best of both worlds. I really do, honestly. And people are like, you should quit your job. And I'm like, no, I don't want to quit my day job. I love working, like having this just kind of be like a thing that I do because I love it and it's part time. Um, and I think like that is what works for me. Absolutely. And Kate, what about you and your wedding journey? Yeah. So I started the company 10 years ago in 2012. It's Chicago Vintage Weddings. So we do planning and rentals. Uh, I'm actually in about a month and a half or so going to be splitting the brand. So we're renaming and um, branching off. It's going to be one distinct planning brand and one distinct rental brand, just so we can, yeah, so we can really speak to what we do for those individual services. And there will still be the same structure to the company the contracts are all the same all that it's more on paper we look different so that we can really show hey we're more of a luxury planning brand and we're more of an accessible rental brand and you can work with us for both you can work with us for either i think it'll eliminate a little bit of confusion when people are like oh but do you only plan vintage style weddings or do you only work with your planning clients for rentals so now they are very separated things which i think can only a positive but I love that I feel like I just got the inside scoop I know I know where at this point we have wrapped up our branding we have wrapped up our brand colors and our fonts and our pattern and we're working on the web design and it's almost ready so yeah about another month the way I'm feeling at the end of October is my launch party is I am going to plop on the couch and not wear any pants and be so proud of myself that I got it behind me <laughs> it's called Winnie the Pooing oh okay it's a party has- now coined this term where you literally just wear the shirt and some underwear and it's Winnie the Pooh. Yep. And then you're Porky Pig in if there's no underwear. <laughs> exactly. It's been really fun at this point. I am like, I feel like I've kind of reached the peak of where I wanted to be with the number of weddings I take every year. And now I'm trying to go back down that hill and take on fewer higher quality clients. And by higher quality, I just mean I'm a fit for them. So I, when I feel like we really, really click and we're going to operate the same way, um, to me, that's a high quality client. So I'm trying to just be really selective about who I'm taking on and what the scheduling looks like and how to balance my life with my family. That's great. And that's something you can do now since you have been in the industry for so long. You can pick and choose like, no, actually, this is how I want to work. And this is my business. And I want to pick the clientele that I feel would work best with me. So. That's ideal. And I was going to ask both of you what you've been up to since you've wrapped on your podcast, but it seems like, (laughs) you know, working in IT and then making your business into two completely separate entities was taking a lot of your time. Uh, Was there anything else that you have been up to since you've wrapped in 2021? Just like getting back into the swing of things, because I know like the pandemic was a hot mess and we definitely talked about it. Um, you know, on the show. And as things kind of to like open back up, there was like an adjustment period of like getting back into planning and rearranging clients and getting like our schedules together. Like even, you know, having to figure out what my schedule is going to be like assisting with Kate this year. Like it was just a lot of like, all right, like we need to get our shit together so that we can survive and then hopefully get back to normal. Um, so that's really kind of, we both just kind of been focusing on that and focusing on life and, you know, enjoying being able to go outside again. <laughs> I've been pretty much the same as Allison, just really trying to grapple with the reopening last year and dealing with that crazy, busy, double, triple busy season. And I, I think this year has been more of the same. We still had a lot of postponed clients getting married this year and we're dealing with that, but it felt a little more spread out, which was nice. And now I feel like we've got our bearings knock on wood, maybe going into 2023, we'll feel a little bit more normal, but major knock on wood. We'll see if that happens. Right. And the demand will be a very competitive, I'm sure, for vendors and things like that. But I was um, I was going to ask you both if you felt like you've seen now that we're three, almost three years since lockdown, right? And I know there had to be a lot of things that um, 
vendors and and places have to make adjustments but has there been like oh, yeah. definitive adjustments that you don't see going away like post covid honestly i feel like there's going to be like a a boom with like weddings next year because it's like obviously 2020 was a shit show so like weddings for 2021 was a shit show and i think this is like 2022 is probably the first time like where it's like things are as close to back to normal as we're going to get. And I feel like people are excited about that. And because of that, like, I just feel like there's going to be a boom of like, just everyone trying to get married. (laughs) You know, I thought we would. And at this point, I feel like people are just so over it that they don't really want any reminders of COVID. I am not at this point seeing different safety measures. I haven't seen a lot of COVID cancellations of guests recently. Um, up until even a few months ago, that was happening a lot more at the last minute. I think people really just want to party. That's the long and the short of it is they want to party. They want to feel like we are pre-pandemic again and just get together with all the people yeah. that they've been missing. Right. I mean, we're all there, right? I think most of us want to go back to normal. Are there couples that are requiring their guests to be tested prior to their event that you were aware of? Is that something that's happening less frequently now? Not recently that I've been seeing. And especially with my full planning clients, I'm privy to most of their communications with guests because I'm involved in it in some way. I'm not seeing that. Even six months ago, that was pretty common. Or they would say, hey, you've got to be vaccinated or have proof of vaccination. I don't really see any language on wedding websites anymore or mass emails or texts to guests. Um, I think at this point, people are having those conversations still, but they're not enforcing in any way. Yeah, I agree. I think from the only thing that I've kind of noticed, um, and I don't know if you've noticed this, Kate, with some of the other vendors that you've worked with um, recently is like, with like the contracting, I feel like people are a little bit, have been a little bit more um inclusive of health related like just pandemic things because I feel like that wasn't a thing that people were taking into consideration when they were building out their contracts so I've noticed that there's been a few folks that will kind of keep like they won't say COVID-19 but they'll have like a broader term for like a health pandemic and having some sort of policy in place in case it something similar or if something like that were to unexpectedly happen and just having verbiage that kind of covers that but aside from that like it's been pretty much like like kate said like people just really wanting to go back to normal right and when uh my fan my fiance randy and i were looking we actually booked um a place out in long island city so it's different regulations than we had in long island and i remember being nervous to sign my the contract because i was like wait i have like a few unvaccinated guests because at that point in the city everyone had to be vaccinated to go into any restaurant any you know any place and she's like oh we'll just we'll figure it out when it comes but like that regulation is going to be lifted within like the weeks and that was april still i'm a very cautious person i'm still very much aware of it i work on a daily basis i'm masked um, but at my wedding, I kind of don't want to be aware of it. Yeah. And it's definitely a hard thing to manage, like even just with the few weddings um, that I worked on during COVID, like there was just kind of like this air of just like anxiety, like, you know, making sure that people are masked and then like the couple trying not to be stressed out about it. Some of them were like, you know, kind of whatever about it. Like there's kind of like it is what it is. But, you know, there were some that were like you know, really wanted to enforce and make sure that people were safe and just kind of how stressful it is to manage and worrying about like, who's going to enforce it? Like, who does that fall on? Um, So yeah, it's, it's a lot. So it's definitely good that that's just something that we have to worry about a little bit less now. All right. So I did bring you here for a reason. I am getting married in 2023. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And Six short months. It will be here before we know it. I'm freaking out just a little bit. I was had had that calm point where we had pretty much booked everything. And my wedding coordinator, she works at the hotel we're getting married at. And she um, gets my florist and gets my rentals and things. So like I didn't have to worry about that. So that's kind of 
the stage we're at right now. Um, but I, for a while, I was just skating by. I'm like, oh, we're all done with everything. And now I'm like six months, things are happening and we're going to soon go and do the tasting and figure out all the decor. So I'm, I'm excited, but I'm also like, okay, we're in like the crunch time now. So I, I wanted to talk to you both about 2023 and some trends that are maybe happening, maybe something I should know or something I should stay away from. So is there, has there been an, an element, you know, couples getting married have brought in that seems super trendy right now in 2022 and for the potential 2023 wedding season? The cocktails, uh, I would say espresso martinis are huge right now. Huge, huge, huge. Uh, that's the one thing I've seen really crop up where I'm like, wow, okay, a year ago, nobody cared. And all of a sudden, I'm getting multiple requests for this. So the espresso martini is having a moment, especially in weddings. And there are a lot of cocktails that are really coming up. And just drinks in general, I'm seeing a lot more ranch water. And just people are really getting into the drinks that they're serving at weddings. I have had both of my cousins. It was a it was a popular year uh, for my family, 2022. I've had two cousins get married and both of them serve their signature cocktail as an espresso martini. And I was like, I don't normally drink espresso martinis, but like tonight I will have. And I have to say it was quite good. But now I feel as though it's a little played out and I'm not going to be doing <laughs> the espresso martini, but delicious, you know, for those who want that. Yeah. Yeah, you could definitely do like, you know, like Kate was saying, like a signature cocktail um, or like she was saying, like some 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 sort of drink element. So it's like if you have a favorite, co- I think like there were a couple of weddings that I saw relatively recently where like the couple, like the bride had a favorite cocktail and the groom had a favorite cocktail and that was their signature cocktails. And they even gave it like a cute name or like they named it after their dog or just like, you know, really cute, like personal things like that. Um, so if you're into cocktails, um, I think that that would be a really cool touch. Yes. And we are into cocktails. Yeah. I think even in general, I, yes, sometimes I used to see weddings that were beer and wine only. I literally have not seen that in years. People just really care about their bar programs now and making sure that their guests are served really well. Uh, I am happy to see that people are generally going for bar closure at the start of dinner and pouring table wine just because it really keeps the timeline moving along because everyone isn't lining up at the bar. So that's, I wouldn't call that a trend by any means, but people are really coming around to that. Like I don't see people fighting it as much, which is really nice. Yes. Like they might say, hey, we only want to close the bar for 15 minutes or 30 minutes rather than an hour. But generally speaking, people are doing that and they're really open to it, which is wonderful. Is this just during when people are seated to eat? Yes. So you'll close the bar at the end of cocktail hour. And I always like to emphasize hard bar close because everyone tries to line up and then you're getting a line 40 people long. Uh, But if the bartenders actually shut the bar down at the start of cocktail hour, you'll get a few grumpy guests because they aren't quite sure what's going on if you don't have a timeline on the bar or something like that. Um, but what it means is you actually get bust in seats, you get to get through the toast, you get through the courses faster, and then you reopen the bar when everyone is kind of through like the first round of formalities. So it's really, really helpful because you can't do that when everyone's lined up at the bar. You have to wait like another 15 minutes just to get them through that before you get them seated. So whatever you can do to get people away from the bar, bust in seats. Because like Kate was saying, it really does impact like the timing of things. Like I was actually at a wedding <laughs> last weekend and um, it's first of all, it's really hard to go to a wedding as a guest and not see things. I've, I've worked really hard on it. Like I've made a lot of progress on not doing that, but sometimes it's just like really apparent, like, oh, why did they do that? And one of the things that happened was the DJ announced that the photo booth was open and that the dessert was open, but half of the speeches hadn't been done and the couple hadn't done their first dance yet. Like Kate, your face. I was literally like, what is happening? Um, But yeah. And so having to like, then having him have to backtrack to get butts back in seats so that, so that those important things could happen and people could see it. 
Um, and so you had like people scurrying back to their seats and like that dance was like halfway over. And I was just like, oh my God, who signed off on this? But it's fine, whatever. Um, so just like, you know, just things to think about when you think about like the planning of your timing and when things are going to happen. Like it's so much easier, like Kate said, to get through those things and have people be present for it. Um, and having the bar closed during dinner is one of those really awesome ways to do that. Mm, okay. I'm convinced. On that note, I have one trend that I'm seeing that I am not personally mm-hmm. loving as a planner, but I'm seeing, and I think it's just because people are really passionate about their wedding planning and it's a new generation of clients and it's people who feel like they have a lot of information at their fingertips, which they do. But I'm seeing a little bit more, especially with coordination clients, so the clients who start working with us later in the process, there is a lot more kind of... Um, a desire to like micromanage the timelines that we've made. But if you have a planner you trust, if you have a caterer you trust, if you're working with professionals who you know are good at their jobs and you trust, if they're telling you that something is a really good idea or a really bad idea, or hey, this is just how long this is going to take for your guest count and for all the things we're trying to do, just trust them on it. If they tell you the ways you can budge and make other things work, great. But if you tell them, oh, no, this actually needs to be half the time it needs to be, you're just going to end up with a bad timeline that is not accurate on the day of. So I I do hope that uh, one trend we see a little bit more of in 2023 is people really trusting the professional, because I've seen a bit of a dip in that just this year, I would say. Do you think that this has anything to do with like social media, I know you've talked in the past as far as obviously don't book a vendor just solely based off of what you see on their feed, maybe get some inspo. But I have to say, I'm on wedding talk a little bit. It's been coming through on my TikTok. Do you think that, I mean, everyone has their own opinions. Everyone thinks they know everything on there. And some of the people I do value their opinions, but Um, I can see what you would mean as far as people micromanaging their own wedding, thinking that maybe they know best. Um, So how do you guys feel about TikTok and wedding talk? Have you have you been on there? Um, I am not on TikTok. Um, I started a TikTok and I deleted it and then I got back on TikTok to see to look something up in particular and then I deleted it again. Um, But I think just like with any social media platform, um, it's just there's a lot of information out there. And it's like, if you're going to follow certain people, you know, to get inspiration, like that's fine. But it's like, you know, I'm the kind of person where it's like, I like to do my research and I like to take things that I see online with a grain of salt. And especially on a platform like TikTok and especially in the wedding world, there's a lot of people that are like, anyone can get on TikTok and talk about anything and sound like they know what they're talking about. You know what I mean? Like I could start a TikTok about I don't know, building birdhouses and be like, yeah, this is how you do this. I've never built a damn birdhouse in my life, but I can sit on TikTok and sound really convincing talking about it, you know? So just like, it's okay to be inspired and, you know, pick up notes here and there, but, you know, I would recommend doing your research on these people, on their background. It's, you know, online or the internet is like kind of a double-edged sword, but I mean, like if this person has a TikTok, you could probably find a LinkedIn or a Facebook page or an Instagram and really kind of really find out how credible these people are. Um, and so I guess that would be my, my biggest piece of advice is just do your research on some of these folks and just make sure that they're credible and that they have a solid reputation in the space that they're talking about. Um, so that way it's like, you're not making the mistake of taking terrible wedding advice from someone that just sounded real good. Yeah, I I agree with everything you said. And adding on that, too, I think just recognizing that if you're in groups of all engaged people, you know, let's say it's one of those brides groups, just recognizing that to some extent, you're all in the same boat. And that can be great because you're all going through similar experiences and dealing with things in the same timeline. But for some actual practical wedding day, this is how it will go advice it can be a little bit of the blind leading the blind because you're all talking to other people who haven't seen it play out on the wedding day. And I think that's really, really important to keep in mind because all this sounds great. Like when people come to me and they're like, hey, actually, can we do this to the timeline? Can we do that? I usually will have an explanation for like, well, we can, but then you're compromising on X, Y, Z if we do this. So 
I think stuff can sound really good on paper or seems like it makes a lot of sense. But if you're not factoring everything in across the board, there can be some big gaps in information. So I think that's just one of those things to, as Allison said, take with a grain of salt. Do you feel like that the timeline is the most absolute stressful part of the wedding? Or is there something else that like takes the cake as far as um, how the day goes at, in your in your part? Yeah, I feel like the timeline doesn't have to be stressful. Um, I love a good timeline and I'm a big believer in cushion. <laughs> so when I create timelines, like even when I was doing corporate events, like I always built in, you know, some cushion minutes. Um, so that way, cause obviously like things are going to pop up, you know, some things might take a little bit longer than anticipated. Um, so I think if you have a good timeline and you've really put a lot of thought into what can affect what and the timing of things, like the timeline doesn't have to be stressful. Me personally, and granted, like, I think I'm one of the lucky ones where it's like, I've had very, very minimal, like negative wedding experiences. Like it's very rare. I don't know what's happening. Knock on wood that I continue to have lovely experiences, but it's very rare that I've had something be stressful. The times that I can think of it being stressful, it's um, it's a person who is not the bride or the groom. Like it's always someone random, like Aunt Bethany who planned a birthday party and now she thinks she's a wedding expert. Just like I feel like when I think of stressful like wedding instances, like it's that's what it goes to. Just like someone who's doesn't really have a say in the day, isn't a decision maker, definitely isn't, you know, one of the people getting married on that day, trying to overstep their bounds and do the most and not stay in their lane. Um, so I feel like personally for me, that's the, the scenario that probably stresses me out the most. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. The factors you can't control. <laughs> Exactly. And I, I see that with people a lot, too. It's people who are trying to be helpful, but they don't necessarily have all the information about how things are going to go or why things are being done a certain way or who's supposed to be in charge because we can't have five different cooks in the kitchen. So agreed with that. Um, I really don't think timelines are stressful personally. I think a timeline is a safety net. A timeline is a guide for exactly how everything is going to go so you can make sure your boxes are checked. To me, and I'm sorry if you hear any background noise right now, I'm trying to find the best spot in the house to record, but there's the movement here. Uh, to me, the most stressful thing is really just when stuff goes sideways with vendors, because especially if I feel like I'm on the hook for some of this, even if I couldn't have helped whatever they did, um, that's really stressful, I think in part because it's aggravating, but you can't act like you're frustrated with somebody. So if someone turns up late and acts like it wasn't a big deal and it's like but this is literally your job to be on time and this is when you told me you would be here that's really hard because you always have to take a breath and be like okay this isn't going to be productive if I show that I'm annoyed with this person even if I have every right to be annoyed with this person right now like oh okay you just did something and now we have to delay the ceremony so the stuff like that to me is just the most stressful because you're managing someone in front of other people who don't want to notice the issue. And you also need to get the best possible work and attitude from this person. A lot of emotional management on our part and sometimes like having to manage the emotions of other people. Perfectly said. Absolutely. I had seen and why I brought up TikTok before is I had seen on there someone suggest and I've seen this a couple of times, actually, um, where the couples will swap the sides that they're standing on during the ceremony so that they can see their perspective bridal party. So I would be looking at my ladies and Randy would be looking at his male friends. Um, have you seen anyone do that? Because I'm like, well, I kind of want to do something different. I don't know if that's necessarily it, but um, have you seen that at, at all? So I have ideas on this one. Um, I do often, not often, I would say one or two times every year, you'll see the couple swap with their sides entirely so that they can see their parents and their parents can see them. So usually that's what I'm going to see. In terms of swapping with the wedding party, I don't think it's super practical because if you have people on your side and you're wearing a gown, those are the people you're handing the bouquet to. Those are the people who are floofing your gown. Um, 
there are practical reasons and photography reasons why you want to be able to be standing with your group. Also, even for that emotional support, I feel like being close to them, to me, would be more important than looking at them. Because it's not really about looking at your wedding party. It's about looking at your partner and your family uh, and the people whose lives are actually merging together. So this, to me, does sound like more of an idea and a trend and like something to put on TikTok because it's new content, but I'm not necessarily seeing a ton of benefit to it in terms of the practical application. Yeah, I agree with you. The first thing that came to mind was who's going to hold your flowers? Like <laughs> who's going like, to train and like make sure that things are good. Um, and then I'm like, just thinking of myself, like who would I have to like have standing behind me? Like if I did that myself and I was like, I don't want that fool to be behind me while I'm trying to like say vows and be pretty and do all this stuff. But that's just me personally, but from a logistical kind of like, you know, practical standpoint, like, you know, Kate made some really good points about kind of keeping that in mind. Unless of course, it's like you really entrust that I'm assuming it would be the best man that would stand behind you did that like if you really entrust that person to like be on top of their job as the person standing behind you because it is a job like they got to take it seriously um so I guess it's like if you entrust that person to do it take it seriously make sure that they know the things that they're supposed to do like when you run through your rehearsal then I don't think it's a huge deal but I mean it's kind of just like one of those like random things that I feel like someone just kind of came up with because it sounded cool (laughs) That said, I love not sticking with traditional sides for ceremony because the only reason to do bride left, groom right, or vice versa is respectively because you're following Christian tradition or Jewish tradition, or, you know, there are other religions that do have specific sides for this as well. So if you don't have any religious leanings that would indicate you have to be here and you have to be here, and maybe you have a preferred side for photography, for example, why not switch? It really has no bearing on anything. Okay. I love this. This See, this is why you're here. <laughs> to talk me out of the things that I've been hearing for the past few weeks on TikTok. Um, but we did uh, want to do something untradi- untraditional during the ceremony. And we don't really know what it is yet. We, we haven't talked to our wedding coordinator or the officiant yet, but my fiance brought up the idea that everyone in our bridal party would take a shot with us after we said I do. I don't know how this is going to work out. Um, is there anything that you would suggest to break up the sappiness of <laughs> the wedding portion? Yeah. Have, have you seen anything like really original happen up there? Uh, kind of a broad question because I feel like anytime I see a couple doing something non-traditional it's not for the sake of you know changing the mood it's not for the sake of saying that they did something different it's because it's something that's personal to the couple that's important to them or speaks to their relationship or you know is a wink to like an inside joke that they share so it's it's always like something that's like cute and personal to the couple so it mm-hmm. it might seem random to the guests but it's very meaningful and makes sense you know for you and your fiance so i would say keep that in mind if you're thinking about doing something that's you know a little bit outside of the box for the ceremony i agree with that like i have seen people do things like that but uh when i heard them tell me about it they were usually telling about it from the perspective of here's this really cool idea we came up with that we're so excited about. So it wasn't so much about, hey, we felt like we had to fit something in. It was more like, oh, we want to do a selfie with everyone in the background. I think this was like right after the Oscars selfie thing. Um, so they did that. But I, it was stuff like that where they came up with it and they're super jazzed about it. I think that's really cool. Um, to the shot thing, definitely. Uh, and this is maybe just a Chicago thing. But here we can't have shots at weddings. So do definitely check with your hotel contacts, see if you're allowed to do shots, if they'd make an exception, if not during ceremony. Um, And then I would say too, just like check in on how conservative your families might be to make sure, like, obviously this isn't the number one factor, but see if they would be offended by the alcohol thing during the ceremony. No one's going to be offended, but (laughs) yes, I do take that (laughs) into consideration for sure. Yeah. And I think the other thing too is like the logistics of whatever it is that you decide to do. Like, where are you going to keep the shot glasses? Who's going to be on bottle duty? Who's going to do the pouring? So like, you kind of have to think about like 
all those like little bits and pieces um, of it as well. Um, Just think about it from like every aspect. Yes. And that's why we haven't, you know, obviously finalized anything with that because there's so many factors that would have went into it that he's just like, I just want to do something fun, you know, because like we're everyone we have, I have 10 girls and he has 10 guys. So we have a lot of energy going on up there and he's like i want to just do something just to be like it's our family it's like everyone together and i'm like yeah i'd love that i just don't know if it's gonna be possible (laughs) like who's gonna pour the shot i'm gonna have like three pregnant bridesmaids like it's not gonna really work out (laughs) what about a flash mob where you come up with like a very simple routine that's cute and then you bust out a very simple routine you know doesn't have to be long there doesn't have to be wardrobe changes but just like you know a quick like one minute or 30 second thing and then you guys move on with the with the ceremony at the end of the ceremony or something like that i feel like if i was on instagram minding my business and you posted your wedding video and it was of your entire bridal party like doing a short choreographed piece after the ceremony like i would not be shocked i'd be like that seems like a list thing to do (laughs) (laughs) and i mean that in a good way (laughs) thank you you can do stuff at the end of the aisle too. So it doesn't even need to be during ceremony. It can be like you recess, you come out to the back and then bam, you do something with everybody then, which can be a little more casual if you're not sure like, hey, how will this go? But it's still really fun. It's a good photo op. It gets the energy up right when you've walked out of the ceremony and are starting cocktail hour. Okay, cool. Uh, We were also thinking possibly... Uh, the entrance into the reception portion, maybe all of my girls doing a fun, like, 25-second choreography, and then all of his guys doing a really fun choreography and seeing, like... But then again, we won't see it because we'll be coming in after the fact. I'm sure we'll see it eventually. Um, but I was like, I just want to do yeah. something, you know, just something relatively different. I have I have so many girls and he has so many guys that it's like... Okay, and then these are the two walking out again with their stupid dance, and then these two again walking out with the dance, and it's, I just wanted to try, and I'm trying to think of, like, the most, you know, different and maybe a little bit, I don't know, just something unique that someone hasn't seen before, but it's it's a little difficult <laughs> to come up with stuff. You can send them out together. Like, we just had a big wedding party. We had 13 bridesmaids and 14 groomsmen. And bless the couple for doing this because it kept dinner on track uh, and probably saved the sanity of everyone in the wedding party too. But they just like, we rapid fire sent them out. So we did like all the groomsmen, then all the bridesmaids. And as they were coming out, we just said their names. So it was a lot easier for everybody. It was just less pressure and less waiting. And it was like, okay, we can all digest this. Yeah. And like one other thing that came to mind, it's not like it's never been done before, but it's something that I, don't see as often is, you know, when your um, wedding party gets introduced, they can still basically like line the entrance to basically like welcome you into your own reception. So it's like, they're still standing there. They're still doing something that's kind of fun. Like if you want to have them do like a dance while you guys are introduced or whatever, but like you guys will still get to see it and they get still be a part of it and like have like keep the energy up for the beginning of the reception. Like that could be a way to do that too. Right. Okay. All these things I am keeping in mind and I will definitely utilize. I wanted to do a little fun segment of like do's and don'ts. So my wedding coordinator, she actually advised us not to do videography, um, stating we kind of wouldn't necessarily need it. And prior to that conversation with her, I honestly was like, yeah, we don't need videography. However, as I said, my cousins both just got married. Um, Seeing the drone video alone, I was sold. I was like, wait a minute. I think this is the coolest thing ever. I almost just want to have a drone and like a 30 second trailer video and call it a day. I don't need to have every single person dancing for like, you know, the five hours. Um, So thoughts on videography, because I'm torn. I love videography. I'm the wrong person to ask if you want someone to convince you to not get it because I love it. And, um, you know, for some couples, it's like, we need this. And for some, it's like, it's a nice to have, but I feel like it just adds an extra 
And it just makes it extra special because that's like, you get to rewatch those special moments. And, you know, like you were saying, like, you don't need to have like, you know, a full minute of people dancing at the reception, but, you know, maybe you want to see, you know, you spending time with your girls while you're getting ready or, you know, your mom, like buttoning up the back of your dress, like those like really special, like intimate, like moments that you don't think are very meaningful can really be captured in a really beautiful way. Um, in video that you can also capture in in photography as well, but just like, you know, kind of like the live action of like actually like seeing the moments happen. Um, I always think it's a really nice touch to have that. Um, So I'm, I'm pro pro video. I'm uh, pro whatever works for you. So I personally didn't have videography at my wedding. I think if someone had been like, hello, here is free videography for you, I would have taken it. But to me, just being who I am, being who my husband is, and just what we wanted to prioritize with the budget, we didn't do it. So I totally get when people are like, oh, you don't need it. But at the same time, I would never tell a client that because the only thing that can come out of that uh, is blowback on me if they get close to the wedding and they're like, no, we actually want it. And now no one's available. Or we get post-wedding and they're like, oh, we really wish we would have gotten videography. And we regret this, but you told us not to. So I think it's a very personal choice. Um, If you don't enjoy being with a spotlight or don't like being around a large contingent of people who are just focused on you, videography might not be for you because you now have more coverage and more cameras pointing at you and bright lights and microphones. But if you're okay with that, and if you're like, you know, I might just want that highlight. I might want the drone. I might want full ceremony or full speech coverage or just video footage of me interacting with people who won't be here forever. I think videography can be a really special and unique thing. Yeah, I agree. And I think the other thing to factor into is like, if videography is something that you're interested, interested in really think about like what style of videography you like, because there's a few different styles of videography. Um, I tend to lean for photo and video. I personally tend to lean towards photojournalistic where it's like, you don't have to feel like you're posing and having to like do a bunch of stuff. You can just kind of exist and then they kind of work around you and you, I feel like a good videographer. It's like, you know that they're there, but you don't feel like there's a camera in your face. So to Kate's point, it's like, if you don't really like to feel like you're kind of like in the spotlight, um, but you still want to have moments captured, um, definitely like look into like what style is, is um, most comfortable for you. If that's something that you're thinking about. Yeah. I mean, as far as the photographer, that was something that was extremely important to both Randy and I, because I hate, and that's my personal opinion. I hate like, okay, pretend to laugh, pretend to do this. It's like, well, I just want you to get it while I'm doing it. I don't need to pretend. So our photographer was very much like candid, journalistic, that was the whole vibe that we were going for. So yeah, I would have to agree if that was going to be my, that would need to be my videographer as well. I can't have, you know, him just be like, okay, now throw, you know, just do something silly to make you like smile. It's like, well, I should be smiling. It's my wedding day. You should just get me in the, you know, in the flush, enjoying myself. Uh, yeah, so we're we're definitely toying with it. I am leaning more towards yes, doing the videography. My mom said my mom said the same thing like, "Well, what about the people that are not going to be here forever and you can look back on that?" And I'm like, "You know what? I think you're right, mom. You should always listen to your mom, right?" <laughs> I think if it's in the budget and you are second guessing whether to do it or not do it, you should just do it and let the details sort them out later. Agreed. Sort themselves out. I wanted later. to rattle off a few um, elements of a wedding that Randy and I kind of were contemplating. Um, majority probably won't be doing, but I want to hear your thoughts on if they're necessary or not. So I'll start with wedding programs. Are they necessary or not? Really? Unless you have like a very elaborate ceremony or there's a lot of other like events happening surrounding the wedding then sure but like if it's kind of your more traditional like here's the ceremony you know and if your ceremony is kind of like a pretty straightforward ceremony here's the reception nothing crazy happening I don't think you need a program very few things are necessary uh program is up to you if you don't feel that a program is necessary don't bother okay wedding cake not necessary 
so many people don't bother with it these days. Dessert is necessary. Your guests will riot if you don't. <laughs> yeah, give them anything carby and fatty and full of sugar and they'll yes. be fine. Pie is great. Petite sweets are great. So I feel like no one, it, I've rarely heard someone be like, oh, I'm really disappointed that there was a kick here. Like, I don't, I, they won't miss it. Just have something sweet. Yeah, well, no, definitely we'll have something sweet. But I remember in passing conversation with one of Randy's relatives, they're like, you have to have cake. And I'm like, well, do we? Because neither of us really care about cake. And nobody else, nobody eats the cake. And I don't, I mean, I feel like I have to speak for the majority. You're dancing, you're drinking, you're sweating. And then you're going to sit down and have a piece of cake that's probably like not the best cake you've ever had in your entire life. So, I mean, it's not um, carrot cake with cream cheese, pistachio and lychee, Kate, because I was dying (laughs) on your modern luxury um, feature. I was like, wait a minute. I have to tell Randy about this cake because I know he's going to die. Yeah, totally, totally different tiers of the cake, by the way. We did not mush those (laughs) together. but. Yeah, I mean, I think cake is really just, first of all, get a good cake, like go big or go home. Your cake should be delicious. Doesn't mean it needs to be expensive or fancy looking. If you don't like the cake, that's a problem in itself. So get good cake if you're getting cake. But you also can do a blend. Like I just recently had an event where we did mostly mini sweets and we did a creme brulee station and we did all this stuff. But we still had a cake that was enough for some of the guests. And we set sliced cake out on the sweets display with that else. So those family members because it is always family members who insist that there must be cake and when i have heard people say that they were disappointed that there was no cake i think a hundred percent of the time it has been a mom uh of the couple but uh so some people do feel very strongly about this not always and it's your wedding but if you're going to get cake for the love of god get cake for sure like don't serve disgusting cake (laughs) (laughs) what about wedding favors totally not necessary do them if you like them yeah what about a photo booth do it if you like it yeah i wouldn't say it's it's not a experience breaker if there isn't one no people won't notice i feel like that's one of those things that has been a trend for so long that uh, people are always going to take advantage you give them a drink and you give them a photo booth and they're going (laughs) to have a good time (laughs) (laughs) but if the photo booth is not present they will still have a good time. Right. Yeah. What we were thinking about actually doing the Polaroids on each table so that we did that actually at my cousin's wedding um, a month or two ago. And I was like, you know, what? actually brings me back to like my youth and how we had fun taking pictures with Polaroids and then getting them developed. Like, and then, you know, them coming out with my crap, but that's the fun. of. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But that's fun, right? It's blurry, but it's like, Oh, that's super artsy. You know, you, I we were thinking about doing that versus a photo booth, um, but I feel like all the weddings I've attended in the last like five years have had a photo booth. I'm like, do we need to have this photo booth there? But um, not really necessary, I guess. Yeah, if yeah. you're if you're doing Polaroids, I would say do the Polaroids at a station, mm-hmm. so you don't need to purchase so many cameras. If you're doing a camera on each table, I would get a disposable camera yeah. and. Um, I think that's the better use of your budget and just you're not trying to track them all down at the end of the night and wondering where those Polaroids went because some will right. probably walk off if you have that many. Oh, yeah. yeah. True, true. Yeah. What about a guest book? I think it's nice. I think it's one of those things where you might decide to skip it because you're like, who cares? And then later you might be like, oh, it would actually be fun to look through these. Yeah. And it's a nice place to collect our and place our card later. Yeah. Too. yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of. Now that the question is being asked, like, I'm like, wait, do you really need this? I think it depends on like what purpose it's going to serve for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you really want to be able to see like all the people that came or do you want it to be more like photograph style so you can like have that be your guest book? Like, do you want to be able to have like a book full of like well wishes from your guests or like... I don't know. There's, I feel like there's no wrong way to approach a guest book. Um, there's always lots of cute, fun ways to do that. Um, my only style of guest book that I'm not really a big fan of is just the one where people like, right. It's just like a book of names. And I'm just like, that's not really, 
that could be a little bit more creative. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you for signing right, up for my exactly, mailing list. For my newsletter. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I think just think about like what purpose do you want it to serve and then go from there whether you want to have one or not. It's just like, where do I put it after? I feel That's like a guest book, though, is so low effort. You it. might as well do it. I mean, you could do like a different style of guest book. Like, um, actually, one of the ones, one of my favorite ones that I've seen was the wedding that we worked on, Kate, relatively recently, the one at Theater on the Lake. And they had like a poster of like, it was like a picture of the bride and the groom. And it was like the painted style, like you get on like Etsy or something like that. And then they basically had people sign that. Take them away. If they're going on display and they're permanent, take them away before people get too drunk because someone will draw a penis. I am not joking. You leave it out till the end of the night and you've got a partying group. Someone's drawing a penis. So just take it away by 10 p.m. It has happened. That's fair. That's fair. And by that point, everyone should have had signed it at that point. Um, did not think about that. Um, but yeah, definitely take it away from the drunk people. Um, I also went to a wedding where they did like, it was like a painted tree and then they had like little leaf shaped stamps. And then you like picked your color of your leaf and then you like signed your name and wrote something cute, which I assume they like put up on their wall in their house somewhere. So that's a cute one. Um, puzzles are cute, like the little puzzle piece things. There's like different ways to go about that. So like, I feel like there's, if you want to display it and not just have like some random book that you're like never going to look at again. Um, I think there's ways that you can do that. Do people still do something borrowed, something blue, something old, something new? They do. Um, they don't make a big thing out of it when they do it. It's usually something like, oh, by the way, here's the stuff. Can you show it to the photographer? We've tied it on the bouquet or she's wearing it in her hair or whatever. It's pretty low key, but a lot of people do it. When I see them doing it, it's usually at the urging of family because family gave them these items. And it's important to have kind of that uh, multi-generational element yeah. to the wedding and you don't have to have everything like you don't have to have like all of the some things like you could have like a something blue and a something old or a something new and something borrowed like you can kind of mix and match with whatever makes sense to you or maybe like you get something blue but you can't use it on the wedding day but you still got something blue like I got my friend a blue silky robe and I was like here's your something blue enjoy obviously she didn't wear it on her wedding day but like you know so there's like some flexibility there with, you know, how you can do that. And just, again, like whatever is most important to you, like you can incorporate that on the day. Right. I'm getting the, um, the understanding of it's what's the most important to me <laughs> and not what well, does everyone else do. It's not illegal. <laughs> yeah, there are no rules. Right. Exactly. There are definitely like things yeah, that work best, think about. but in terms there, of no. oh, what you should or shouldn't do, there aren't any rules, but, oh, you have to do this because everybody else does it. And I have to listen to, not listen to other people, just listen to what me and the group want to do. Yeah. Okay. So lastly, I wanted to do a fun rapid fire sort of segment and so you just answer what comes to mind so uh my first question is what do you love most about weddings um i would say for me the ceremony and the attire like groom's attire bride's attire bridesmaid like everyone's dressed to the nines and i'm just like oh my god everyone looks so fabulous yeah for me it's the decor the details the personal touches and then just the energy on the wedding day is so much fun like that's the addiction yeah. that's when you're getting fed up with work or you're getting fed up with a client or whatever, you just remember like, oh, but I really love a wedding day. And then it all makes sense. Oh, I love yeah. that. What is your craziest request from a bride? Ooh, okay. Let's think about this. And also let's be diplomatic while we pick our answer. <laughs> <laughs> craziest <laughs> request. You know, that's tough. I don't know. I feel like I've seen too much where, like, I'm desensitized to what's considered crazy. <laughs> I feel like a lot of the ones uh, that would be considered craziest requests I've probably gotten more than once, and I don't even bat an eye. Like, I'm just so used to it. Let's see. I mean, I, I think it's more just in terms of the fun stuff they want to do. I did have one, and this was not a crazy request, and it almost went through, but... I had one event in January in Chicago and they really, really, really wanted an outdoor ceremony in the snow. 
And we talked through all the logistics. We talked through preparing the guests. We talked through all this stuff. And they were like, nope, we really want to do it. And of course, we had a plan B. And day of, they were like, nope, we really want to do it. And we were like, okay. And we got pretty close to the day. And some of the guests, like the VIPs who had been told, you know, wear outdoor gear. This is what it's going to be, blah, blah, blah. Like I knew they had been told because I had personally told them, uh, had showed up and they were not prepared. And at that point, I, I went to the groom and I was like, we really shouldn't be doing this. We should call it. We need to go to plan B. And he was like, yes. But it was very close to happening. It was an hour away from happening. And to be fair, it would have been beautiful. And it was very, very, very much the couple. It just was not something that was going to work for their guests. And I think they made the right decision. Uh, but it would have been gorgeous if they had done it outside. Yeah, that sounds awesome. But also not <laughs> like from like a logistical standpoint. Um, but it sounds like it would have been really beautiful. Um, I don't know. I th- and a really sweet client, yeah. like a really sweet client, very easy to work with. It wasn't like they were unreasonable or difficult. They just knew what they really wanted. And this was what they really wanted. Yeah. Um, I think for me, I don't even know if this is considered crazy or not. It was more kind of random. Um, so when they wedding part one, um, when they had to do like the socially distanced and kind of like scaled down like ceremony, Um, the groom asked me to play and I was the DJ for the ceremony. That's another story. Um, but he asked me to play the, she's your queen to be song sang by the guy in coming to America before his bride came down the aisle. And I was like, does she know about this? Because I don't want her to look at me crazy and be like, who signed off on this? But they had discussed it ahead of time. And so every, well, they were in the know and everyone was on the same page, but I was like, this is so random but it was so funny and the guests actually ended up really liking it and thought it was really funny that he did that but I was like you want me to do what now (laughs) sure I can do that for you what about your favorite wedding cake flavor carrot cake even though I feel like it's not a very popular choice for cake but anytime I see carrot cake as the cake when I'm working I'm like they knew I was working today and they did carrot cake just for me honestly almond yeah I love almond with vanilla buttercream. Mm. Mm. Love it. Because sometimes you can like overly almond. So I feel like when it's like the right level of almond flavor, an almond cake is great. Um, yeah. Or like any cake with like a good, like, like some sort of like good, like fruit compote. I'm a partial to any kind of fruit mm-hmm. compote in a cake. I like passion fruit buttercream kills me. Passion fruit buttercream. Yes. And then. Uh, I've done black sesame. We've done that before. And that was outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about fondant? Not a big fondant girl. Too sweet. Fondant is functional. Exactly. It serves a purpose for the decorating purposes, but like you don't want. Yeah. I think there's probably maybe like one person that I can think of where I would be like, oh, they did the cake and it's fondant. I'll eat that fondant. Like (laughs) can't say that for everybody, but. Yeah, Kate, you probably know what I'm talking and about. And they usually, if Bria. Yeah. Yeah, she totally orders, she special it. orders her fondant from Italy. Yeah. And she rolls it oh, super she, thin. She did your wedding cake, yes. right? Yeah. Yes. So she, I mean, she's not making that fondant. Anyone who's using good fondant is special ordering it because yeah. it is a beef. And not everybody does that. Yep. So shout out to Bria, the only cake person in the city of Chicago whose fondant I will eat. <laughs> Lurish cake design. Yeah. Or I'll just go to Italy and wherever they make that fondant and just fondant. I don't know. (laughs) What about your wedding cocktail of choice? What is your go-to? I'm a tequila girl. So anything tequila is great. Um, Or you can't go wrong with like a cute, like bubbly, like champagne based cocktail, like a French 75. Yeah. I'm, I'm gin and champagne, yeah. so French 75 is a no-brainer. That said, I don't drink the yeah. wedding cocktails, like, ever. So <laughs> this is more like, what cocktail would I like, period, but not at a wedding? Yeah, I'm a tequila girl, too. I'm usually, or at a wedding, I feel like I'm always, like, gin and seltzer. Whatever I can just drink a lot of that won't get me my stomach going crazy, like something plain, uh, but tequila, she's my one love with in life. club soda and lime is my 
go-to when I'm planning on drinking a lot of those. Otherwise, yeah. if they have like actual cocktails, then I'll usually be fine with like a tequila, whatever tequila-based cocktail they have. DJ verse band. Totally up to the client. I don't mind both. I actually was recently just a guest at a wedding that had both, and I wasn't mad about it. As long as they communicate well, like before the wedding, like the timing of how they're going to do things and who's going to play when, like I feel like having both can be pretty cool. Um, But yeah, overall, like one versus the other, like you can have a really awesome DJ or you can have a really killer band. Yeah. From a making my job easy and a budget perspective, DJ, from a it's really, really cool to have a band perspective, band or band and DJ. The band DJ combo, I've been to um, a couple of weddings and it really does make it all. It's great. You get a little bit of everything and Mm -hmm. just the way that they incorporate the instruments while also having the DJ. It's super cool. Um, but also really, probably really, really expensive. <laughs> so we're doing a DJ. <laughs> it's yeah. really, really expensive. <laughs> like really yeah. crazy expensive. They I mean, like, you know, they do a great job. So the well-deserved money. But um, I don't think that's in everyone's budget. It certainly was not in our budget as much as we would have loved to do that. Um, yeah. Or in the floor plan sometimes. Yeah, that's so true. Having to squeeze a stage for a band or just squeeze a band into a space that isn't conducive to a band right the things you need to think about that me as like a normal person wouldn't but you guys are like wait hold on you can't really put something there can't create a space in this in the small space they'll just climb on each other's shoulders no worries (laughs) mosh pit (laughs) yeah uh, my last is altar reveal versus the first look. Ugh. First look. I can't answer that question. <laughs> it's hard. It's a <laughs> hard choice. Logistically, almost 100% of the time, it's first look. First look is great. And I think we've talked about this probably too many times on the podcast. But first look is great because you get to make it more intimate. You can kind of get a better grip on yourself and just focus on the other person. And then you're tending to get, especially for like the darker months, you're getting more daylight and more photo time. And it's just a little more relaxed. Um, Altar reveal is great for the tradition and the excitement of it. It can be good if you have a tight photography timeline and not a lot of hours because you're just like, bam, okay, let's go to the church or wherever we're getting married. And then we're going to do some wedding party photos and then we're going into the event. But that can also mean that you're cutting into your cocktail hour time. You're rushing a little more. You might not get all those group or couple portraits uh, to the same degree as you would have gotten them with the first look. So there's just a lot to consider there. But yeah. I do think that most of the time, first look makes a lot of sense um, for the couple's priorities in general. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm torn, though, because from like a logistic and planning perspective, I'm team first look all the way. From an emotional perspective, I'm like, I wouldn't be mad about doing like the reveal at the altar, but I'm also an emotional ass person and like having to like have that be on display in front of people. Like, I'm not trying to be a mess and I'm kind of like an ugly crier too. So like, yeah, I think about it from like both aspects, but I think both have value and meaning in in their own right. And like Kate said, it's just about what's going to make the most sense um, for your day. And just kind of from a planning perspective, like factoring in like what the day will look like if you do have that time for pictures before versus if you only have like an hour or so in between your cocktail hour to do those to do those things. Yeah. Know yourself. Know what's yeah. going to make sense for you. Right. Kate, did you do a first look? We did. Yeah, I, I really like the photos. Uh, and I liked just having that moment. And I actually remember it, whereas like just ceremony, I hardly remember. But the first look was great. We got just some really good pictures of us high fiving, uh, which I liked, because like, we had the moment and then we just like high five. So uh, for me and for him, it made a lot of sense because we are not put on the spot kind of people. And even for our like eight person ceremony, it just would have felt like a lot. Plus then we got to spend more time together during the day and before the ceremony. And we didn't have to worry about being separated from everyone pre-ceremony, which I really like. 
Yeah, I'm personally trying to chip away at Jesus because we talk about wedding stuff pretty openly all the time. And we're pretty much aligned on pretty much everything except for first look versus I don't want to see you until the ceremony. I'm like, bro, like, it's fine. Like, you're not going to die if you see me before the ceremony. And he's very like this man. I He literally the most non-traditional person that you will ever meet but now all of a sudden he wants to be traditional with things and so he's very traditional with the wedding stuff and so like I don't know I still got time I'm wearing him down where I'm just like are you sure and at the same time it's like you might have to throw him a bone if that's the only thing he cares about I see value in both well I loved this chat this was so much fun I will honestly, truly take everything you have said to heart because I feel more confident in my decisions now. So I thank you both so, so much for joining me today. Yeah, just trust yourself in the process. Stay true to, you know, what's most important to you. And if you do that, you will have a great day, regardless of the decisions that you make. And your guests will have a good time. Totally agreed. And also send us photos. Absolutely. You got it. I can't believe it. But I will report back. I will send pictures. I so thank you both so, so much. This was awesome to get to speak with you. I loved your podcast. I'm sad that it's over. Is it over for good? Is it is that it? I don't know. I feel like it's kind of like it happened very organically. It ended very organically. Mm-hmm. I feel like and I feel like both me and Kate are very like organic, do what feels right kind of people. So I feel like if the stars align and things line up, maybe, but also like if it doesn't, like I feel like people still like listen to us, even though like we're not currently recording. So absolutely, I still check because I like analytics. Um, But yeah, so you never know. I agree. I mean, I, I feel like we naturally kind of ran the course in terms of the amount of content we could put out that was going to be solid and not just, okay, let's find another topic just because we have to find another topic. So I mm-hmm. liked how well-rounded the episodes were. Uh, I also think about, you know, some of the predictions I made for COVID. And I was like, no worries. It'll be over in 2021 or whatever. That does not yeah. stand, but I'm never going to take it down because that is <laughs> yep. in real time what we were experiencing and thinking and predicting. Yeah, I still pop in on our Instagram every now and again. Um so there's still things like we're still, we still exist. We're just not. Right, exactly. Reporting. You're still <laughs> very much very and very much involved in everything that you were doing plus um plus what you were doing when you were recording Mm -hmm. so it only makes sense for you to live your life and do what makes you happy and if podcasting makes you happy that's great if not you know that's cool too thank you again both so much for joining me today it was truly a pleasure and i feel super confident in our conversation and we'll take everything with consideration so um i will report back and i love and appreciate you guys thanks so much 